0: new series called Simplify and uh, just want to bring in a thing each week to help us simplify our lives because our lives get pretty messy. They get pretty, feels overwhelming sometimes. Man, a week is such a long time. I I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like forever and other times it goes like that. You know, um, here on Friday we had a a funeral and uh, there was 400 people packed in this this building for a lady that i didn't know and uh chris did a great job of conducting the funeral his first funeral so uh he's pretty nervous about that as you would be and then there were so many people turned i was like wow i was out there in my suit trying to direct traffic you know trying to we had um i think 180 cars in the car park and uh it was nuts there was people up the road everywhere and uh this place was packed There was people out there and out the front and and uh it was crazy so uh but, but didn't know that lady, but really got affected by the funeral, to be truthful. Um, her name's Tarina, and uh, she's a local lady. And, uh, um, and, and I don't know, it was just, I, I don't know anything about her or anything about her walk with God or not. And, uh, but uh, I, I can, the only thing I can tell you is she had amazing relationships with people. She was such a good friend. To the, the testimonies of the people here, they was just glo- like there was nothing particularly special about her that you'd pick her out in a crowd or anything like that. But she just loved people. She just loved, she was such a good friend. She was, the people talk about lifetime friendships with her. And it really struck me because I, I wonder about that for myself. I don't know what sort of friend I am, I, I don't think I'm that good a friend. And and I realized that that in the process of preparing this week, I've realized sometimes we can stop with loving God and forget about the loving others. And and we we just can't stop there. We we just can't. We have to be the best friends, the the, the lovers of people, you know, in every situation. We just have to go beyond our natural inclination i guess in this and uh and and this is sort of sort of matches in with my message a little bit here this morning life can be hectic and complicated and overwhelming and 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 it can just keep coming at you and sometimes we don't know how to uncomplicate our lives we, we, we don't know how to do that. You know, there's so many podcasts and TV shows and Netflix shows on pe- people helping other people get their lives uncluttered, you know, uncomplicating, you know, declutter their houses, how to st- store their, their their stuff, you know, their, their shoes and their, their, their wardrobes and all that sort of stuff. But they're amazingly popular, these shows. And I, I scratch my head and think, wow, what... what how come like it's because people don't always understand or know how to declutter their lives they allow life to overwhelm them and they don't know what to do about it and 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 I I realize that can be the case for us or for anyone we and, and in the process of that we lose the big picture we lose the goal, the purpose, we lose what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it's like we can see, we can't see the forest for the trees because we're too close to it. And sometimes we need help in that to uncomplicate, to take the complexity out, take the confusion out, to recognize what actually is the most important thing. And so I'm, I'm hoping and praying in this series, we can get a new perspective on our life. We can get a new understanding of what actually is important to, to simplify our lives. I'm praying for that. You know, one thing is that, that, that message I brought last week, and, and, and it just this is my thinking in this. In a world full of distractions and things that we don't know where to fix our eyes on, what to focus on, what to do, sometimes it only takes a very simple thing to make all the difference. Just sometimes it seems too simple to make the difference that we think it could make. And so here in this series, I'm just bringing one idea each week. And this first one this week, and, and, and it seems too simple in, in many ways. And I don't want to overcomplicate it. Here's what I heard years ago. A good communicator makes a... Uh, hard things seem simple. A teacher sometimes makes a simple thing seem hard. I don't want to make it hard for you. I want to make it simple to understand. I want to make it really easy to to integrate in your life. And I want to look at a scripture out of Matthew 22. And so when Jesus is asked, what was the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? And he responds with sort of three components, three aspects of that. And the the three things I want to give you this morning in his answer is to live upward by loving God, to live inward by loving yourself, and to live outward by loving others. You see, love is the answer. Now, it sounds like a cliche because we say, I love my Italian food, I love wine, I love my car, I love my dog. It's all different words. In the Greek, there's five different words. You know, we use one word to express all that. So it gets a bit of a cliche, that love thing, oh... Love, yeah, you know, and and I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my dog. I love, don't really love the cat, actually, but uh, uh, um, but if it went away somewhere, I wouldn't be too sad about that. So I probably don't love the cat. But um, cats, <laughs> um, anyway. So so we need sometimes to use a guide to simplify our our lives and that is for me this morning I want to communicate to you it's about love so don't switch off don't go this is a you know droopy sort of message no no it's not it's scriptural it's it's Jesus tells us this you know something else that happened this week and I was just trying to think of uh, recent examples of how I can communicate this with you and particularly this complexity, this confusion thing. I met with a pastor from another church, not from up here, from a different place. So you won't know him, um, but but he he came to me, and, and I'm doing a mentoring thing for the state for ACC, and and so I'd talk to different pastors from time to time uh, to support them. And, and it was a good opportunity for this guy to unload verbally and emotionally, you know, of all the stuff that's going on. So that was great. But it occurred to me in the conversation, I'd heard it all before from him. And it was like he hadn't moved on. He'd got stuck emotionally where he was at. And he was stuck on, you know, lots of things. Betrayal, disappointment. He was feeling overwhelmed. And and as I was thinking about preparing this series... um, It sort of gave me an insight into a question I could ask him just to help him in the process. And and, and so after he was able to unload or let him finish everything he needed to say, I said, hey, mate, tell me, what's the most important thing, do you think? What's the most important thing to your wife, to your family? What's the most important thing to ministry? What what do you think is the most important thing in this world? It was like it. Took him back a bit. He went, oh, well, you know, because he'd been, wouldn't say whinging, but he'd been focusing on the small stuff, you know, on the the things that weren't going right, the people that weren't turning up when they said they were, the leaders that were dropping the ball, the things that were happening in his life. He was focused on the small stuff, and he was overwhelmed because of that. And and just by asking a different question, it challenged him. To think differently, it challenged him to go. What is the most important thing? And and I'll I'll, I'll come back to that at the end. I think I don't think I'll spend more time on that. But Matthew twenty two thirty four to forty. Uh, so let me set this up a bit. Julie, Jesus has silenced a group called the Sadducees, their religious leaders, and another group called the Pharisees. Goes well. They, that's interesting that they silenced them. Uh, let's see if I can catch Jesus out in this process. So they, they send an expert in the law to, to Jesus. Now, they're trying to catch him out, right? They're trying to prosecute him, kill him. They want to get rid of him. He's just a pain in their backside, and they, they just want to get rid of him. They send their expert in the law, and, and, <laughs> and remember, the law has turned from the Ten Commandments to over 600 laws now. So, so this expert in the law knows all these laws inside out, word for word. And he goes to Jesus to try and catch him out. And he asks him, what's the greatest commandment? That's basically the question he's asking him here. And and I'll, I'll read the scripture, Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, Jesus already silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees were coming, and this is a little bit like the political thing um Sharon was talking about. You know, it's like they are both are religious leaders. The ones like the Liberal Party, the ones like the Labour Party in politics, right? The 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 the, the Sadducees have been called out, and the Pharisees are going, "You beaut, let's go and see what this is all about." You know, they're sort of sort of uh, cheering for the for that idea. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? It's really a question that was meant to trip him up, that they could catch him out, that they go, "There, it can't be just that." And Jesus does something amazing with this, and. Uh, 316 unique commandments there are that they knew off by heart. Really religious, really religious. And how difficult would it be to live a good, God-honoring life when there's 613 commandments you had to live by? It's it's impossible, right? And, and, and in this series, particularly this morning, I want to help simplify our lives. And my first thought here this morning... To live simply in Christ is to love. To live simply in Christ is to love. It's all about love. And I know it's a cliche, but I'm telling you, when it comes down to it, at the end of our day, like this funeral on Friday, it's all about the love people have for this woman. And this woman reciprocated in her life to her friends, to her family, to people like 400 people turn up. That, that's, that's pretty astonishing to me. The 400 people she had affected individually, uniquely, that they want to be here to celebrate her life. And uh, to me, it's pretty stunning. You know, Jesus says it as well in, in his answer to this question. He says to love God with your Whole heart. Now, to the Hebrews, heart and spirit are interchangeable, right? So they can use, they can interchange those words. So our heart is like our spirit. It's that part of us that responds to God. Like it's that part of us that's intangible. It's the thing in us that jumps when we get that God prompt, when we get that, that, that insight, that small, still voice. And that's why that uh, that answer is so amazing. See, here's the thing with our hearts and our spirits: we all long to love, and we all long to be loved. There's no one here that can say, "I don't want to love or be loved," unless you're in a really dark place. For each and every one of us, we want to be loved. And we want to love others. It's, it's just the way we're made. And you know, And see, God knit, knit us in our mother's womb. He, he knit, when he did that, he actually knitted into us eternity in our hearts. That we know there's more in our lives than currently we can see. We've got a God-sized void in our hearts that only gets filled when we meet with Jesus, with with our God. There's a God-sized hole in our heart, every single one. And God made it that way intentionally. That's why we want to be loved and we want to love others. It's part of the way that he's made us, put us together. And we know there's more. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, you know there's more. You wouldn't be here otherwise. You know there's something else that you're not understanding, that you're not getting your head around, but more likely your heart around. You're not allowing your spirit to respond to the Spirit of God. It's either been through hurt, you've built up a wall around yourself, and you won't let anyone in, you won't let God in. You know God is true. You really do. But for some reason, you've built this wall around yourself And you won't let him in. And, and, you know, you've tried to fill it with all sorts of stuff. (laughs) You know, with treasure, money, relationships, cars, houses, drugs, alcohol, partying, success, careers, sex. Like, you're trying to fill it with all sorts of stuff. And, And it makes you happy for a little bit sometimes. But then that void comes back. Then that, that, that emptiness comes back. And you know there's more. You know there's got to be more than what you're currently experiencing. And Jesus says, here's the greatest command: Love God with all your heart. Immediately our, our spirit jumps. And I'd say this Pharisee also went, oh, my goodness. He, he struck on that, the thing. And then he says this, with all your soul. And all your mind, with all your soul. Love, go with all your soul. Now, our soul is part of the way we're made up. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And our soul is that part of us which is our, our, our choices, our decisions, our emotions, and, and our thinking, the way we think. And, 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 and so, God says, Love me with everything you have, every part of you, you know, the way you think, the way you respond, you know, the way you, 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 your emotions allow it to be an emotional love it's not just a, a, a something in a book it's something that's inside us that wants to respond to God our soul our emotions we want to be an emotional part of that to love God with all our soul it's emotionally connecting with our God and he says love us love love me with all your mind with all your mind you know and and, and I I really really like that because you now people have said to me, and I'm sure maybe to you, as followers Christ, we live this blind faith. <laughs> you know, uh, they might say things like, you're out of your mind, you know, because of your faith. You know, you, 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 you're out in a limb because you've faith. And uh, you don't really think about anything. And I think that's so untrue, it's such a lie. You just believe everything, Greg. No, I don't. No, I don't. You see, we serve a God above all, that made all creation. Yeah, you know, we serve a God who's not just a scientist, scientist. He's a scientist above scientists. He's the creator of, of, of everything. He's the Einstein above every Einstein. You know, he, it's not just that we blindly believe this stuff. He's the most brilliant of the most brilliant people that ever existed. Multiply that by as many as you want. And God doesn't want our blind faith. He doesn't. From you and me, He doesn't want that. He gave us a brain and He wants it, Wants us to use it in a way that that can understand a little bit more. We can't understand it all, but a little bit more of who He is and what He wants for us. He wants to love us and He wants us to love Him. And I know it's a difficult concept to get a head around and a heart around, but he gives us a brain to work it out. That's why we read the Word of God, to try and get an understanding of who he is and what's the way I'm meant to respond, what I'm meant to do. Love God with all your heart, love God with all your soul, love God with all your mind. And he takes a breath and he says this. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. He knows what we need. You see, he's been asked for one answer, but he's actually given two here. He's given two. He goes on. uh, And actually, one version actually adds strength as well, which is part of the Old Testament uh, uh, law, uh, commandment. So everything within you, love God. And And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's verse 39. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love to love God with everything we have, to love ourselves because of that love of God and to love others around us because of that love of God. And, and, and it seems, well, that's sort of hard and simple at the same time. Yes, it's profound and it seems too simple, but it's the answer Jesus has given to the greatest commandment that's ever been known, to love God and to love others around us as we love ourselves. You see, it's that vertical love of God allows us to love horizontally. And it's only because of that love that we have, we can actually do a better job of loving that on the horizontal plane. It's that vertical love that God fills our hearts so we can love others around us. It's informing our our horizontal love for others. It's an overflow, if you like, as we get filled and allow that overflow to touch other people in our world. And that's what's so astounding when you go to a funeral that you think, this lady, I'm not sure if you knew Jesus or not, have no idea. But the love she had for people and the love that people had for her, it was was really um, challenging for me to think about that, that she touched so many people in her life and, and, you know, she loved to dance. She loved to party. She, 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 she liked being with people. She, her family loved her. Um, her friends adored her. And she had lifelong friendships. There was an integrity about her friendship as well that was quite astounding. And, and imagine when Jesus is the centre of that love. Imagine the effect the difference we can make in our world, if we actually focus on that vertical relationship with God, and allow it to overflow into the horizontal relationships in our life, of ourselves and of others. Now, now, whenever I talk about ourselves, you might well think. Well, that's a bit new agey, Greg. That's that, you know, that self-love thing. And I'm not talking about that sort of self-love where we adore ourselves, where we put ourselves first all the time. That's narcissistic. That, that's a self-love that's the worldly version of that. I'm not talking about that sort of love. I'm talking about the love when we recognize we have a creator that loves us with everything he's got. And we should allow ourselves off the hook a bit here and go, he loves me, not because I deserve it, it's because I'm his creation. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. It's a little bit like the Chris story with his kids, you know. He loves me not for what I do, but for who I am. And therefore, I should love myself as well. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to do that. But it's an interesting thing. We have to interpret that love through the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus was sent to this earth by God his Father, to die on the cross for us, for you and for me, you know? And, and it's such an interesting thing. Hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this question. I'm not following my notes at all, at the moment, so I'm sorry. I'll get the three points up there at some stage. But as Christians, are we known for our love? What would you say? Yeah, truthfully, would, would you know, like, if you ask the world, are Christians known for their love? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, if, if you said to someone just walking down the street in the bay, well, you know, that, that Bay Life Church guys out there, are they known for their love? Well, I guarantee you say, probably not, you know? And we've got a good reputation. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying. You know, people talk about us all the time that they don't come here in a good way. But, but will we be known for our love? I don't think so, you know. I just don't think we, we, we would be. And, and, and that's sad for me, you know. That, that's really sad. And, and that's why we have to be so careful we don't get caught up in this religious thing. We have to allow the love of God, the vertical love of God to infect and affect our vertical, our horizontal relationships we have with people around us, in our workplace, in, obviously in our families, in our, our marriages, of course, but but in our workplace, in the sporting teams, in our community, go beyond with our neighbours, the people who live next door to us. Do you even know their names, you know? And, and, and I know that gets uncomfortable sometimes because they have parties and they, they're partying till 2pm in the morning, they got their drive, they, they park their cars on my front lawn, and I don't like that, and it's like... I know, they are annoying, but we've got to love them with the love of Christ. That vertical love, the horizontal outspread of that, the overflow of it. I get all that. I get all that. But here's the thing. Do small things with great love. Do small things with great love. Wish I'd said that, but I didn't. Mother Teresa said it. Do small things with great love. So, so I'm going to finish off with these three thoughts here this morning. First thought, live upward by loving God. Deuteronomy 6.5, is from the Old Testament. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Hmm. And may I flip it just on its head a little bit there. Maybe, maybe, just, just maybe it's about us loving God, but perhaps... It's more about letting God's love love us. Maybe maybe it is about us loving God, but sometimes we put up the walls and the barriers and we don't let God love us. He wants to love on you. He wants to love on me. He wants to make a difference in your world. He, he wants you to feel loved right where you are, no matter it's not circumstantial. It's not about the circumstances you're currently experiencing. It's His love for you no matter what else is going on in your life. He loves you with everything He's got. He made you in your mother's womb. He, 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 he loved you from that place when you were just a twinkle in your dad's eye, you know. He, he, he loved you from that point. He knows He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And David Osler isn't here this morning. It would have been a great joke to say, and some of you haven't got many, but but he's not here this morning, so I, I won't say that. But he loves everything about us. It's an unconditional love. It's an agape love that's beyond our understanding, really. And there's a security in knowing that God Loves us, no matter what, what. else is going on? You know, one John four nineteen. We love because He first loved us. We love because He first loved us. Love God with all our heart, or our soul, or our mind, or our strength, and love our neighbour as ourselves. Love our neighbour as ourselves. You know, that vertical love sustains us in the tough times, that, that relationship with God. But it can't just stop there. You know, it can't just stop there. My, my second point is this, live inward by loving ourselves. And Leviticus 19.18, again, Old Testament, says this, but love your neighbor as yourself, I'm the Lord. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and that, that self-love seems can seem a little new agey, but it's not. It, it, it's about recognizing that we are loved by the creator of the universe. I don't know if that blows your mind. For me, it does. It's just like, hang on. Have you ever laid on the ground at nighttime and, and looked up at the stars on a dark night? And it was just like, whoa, I feel so small, so small. I feel like a speck in the universe, like a speck of dust. And, and, and we are. We're just like a sand in the sand hills of Berube. And yet God, the creator of the universe, knows you personally. He knows everything about you. And he loves you, even when he knows everything about you. The world loves you if you respond to them in a way that's nice and appropriate and makes us feel nice. That, that's, that's a worldly love. But God loves you anyway, and that's the way we're meant to love other people. You know, it's also the way we're meant to love ourselves. Don't criticize yourself all the time. Don't be so self-critical that you don't understand that there's a God that loves you. He wants the best for you. Yes, we've got to try the best we can, and, and that vertical love of God will help us become better. But it's about being loved and loving others. It's all about that. The world just doesn't understand that. They're, they're, they're stunned by it. It's because of that vertical love of God. Hmm. Third point, and I'll finish with this. Live outward by loving others. Same scripture, Leviticus nineteen 9, eighteen. But love your neighbour as yourself. Who's your neighbour? It's everybody. It's everybody. Jesus used the example with the the Good Samaritan story. You know, the Samaritan loved the, this guy that was, you know, beat up on the side of the road—a Jew. And they shouldn't have liked each other. Not, like they actually didn't like each other. But he loved him anyway, and he helped him, and he he did all that he could to 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 fix his wounds and to get him in a place. You see, the world loves. Conditionally, If you love me, I'll love you. If you do something good for me, I'll do something good for you. That's not. That's not the way God does for us. and That's not the way we're meant to love other people. You see, Jesus spent his time with those that were unlovable. He spent loving, his time loving those people that most the world looked on as, why are you spending your time with those guys? That, that's ridiculous. Prostitutes, tax collectors, you know, like the people that, that, that just... The world just despise lepers, blind people. Where do you spend your time with those? We want to love people because of that vertical love we have with God. Live outward by loving others. Hmm. You know, to finish a story about my friend, the pastor, that I spent some time with this week, um, as we unlocked what was actually important. See, we go into ministry. Anyone goes into ministry because we love God and we love people. You don't do this unless that's the motivation. And uh, so often we can forget and get lost in the complication and the discouragement and the stuff that happens. We can get lost in the horizontal relationship thing. And so we can still have that love for God but it gets a little tainted because of the horizontal relationships, I guess, the disappointment, the stuff that happens. And that's just not ministers. That's everybody, by the way. That's everyone's life, if you, if you really look at it, any Christian. And we get our eyes off God and onto other things that aren't really actually that helpful. And it's about getting that vertical relationship with God sweet and right and and getting the things out of the way that would hold us back from that relationship with Him. It might be forgiveness. It might be repentance. It might be recognizing... You know, I said this to... I think it was to the Bible College group this week. Our, our, Our walk with God is a little bit like a funnel. And it starts out wide. And so there's things there don't make that much difference on our relationship with God. But as we get further along the track, the funnel gets smaller and smaller, and those things that might have been fine up there now have to start to get dealt with, otherwise they're going to block our relationship with God. And maybe you've had something in your life for a long time as a Christian that's never really worried you before. You've still got a great relationship with God. But as your, your journey's happened, your maturity comes, and those things that he's starting to put his thumb on going, hey, mate, you need to get that out of your life. You need to stop thinking like that. You need to stop talking like that. You need to stop responding like that. Because I can't continue to use you if you continue in that way. And it's a journey. Our life is a journey. And there might be some stuff you've, that God's talking to you about, that you need to address. We have to get our, our, our vertical relationship with God sweet and beautiful and pure so that it overflows to people around us. So, so it actually just doesn't stop here, but actually it affects our neighbor, our next-door neighbor, the people we come in contact with, the people we meet in the, the supermarket, the people that take your car park at the supermarket, like all those people. God bless them. Really, bless them. Not just bless them. Bless them. I love them. I love them. I love them. You see, the upward love of God changes us so we can love others and we can really love others. We can love ourselves and we can love others. You see, Acts eight, it's the power. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. See, there's power to love people in our lives if we acknowledge it. Let me pray for you here this morning holy spirit we pray in your sons the son of we pray in jesus name sorry in jesus name for everyone here god i I pray god first of all for those things that might be holding us back from you god the things that we have recognized or haven't recognized god that our, our our personality perhaps our our uh, things we've done things we haven't done god i pray right now holy spirit you you illuminate whatever you need to illuminate you do with that which you need to do with and god we let go of those things that might be holding us away from you god We, we drop that baggage we drop those things right now in the name of jesus we let it go let it go right now right now in the name of jesus we ask for a peace that transcends all understanding God, here this morning, I want to pray for anyone here that doesn't know Jesus. Or maybe you have known Jesus and somehow you got distracted and overwhelmed and lost in the process of life. And right here, right now, I want you to be really brave and go, Greg, I need that love again. I need to feel that love again. I need to know that love again. I need that security of Jesus' love in my life again. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's, it's, you've done it before. Maybe you've been in church a long time. Maybe you've never been in church before. It doesn't matter. You're, you're asking and seeking God for that love. And on the way we do that here, just really quickly, it's just sticking your hand up in the air. But when everyone's eyes are closed, just close your eyes, heads about. If that's you here this morning, just stick your hand straight up in the air. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus awesome. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing grace, your, your godly provision for us in our lives, God, that it doesn't depend on us or our circumstances. It, it is just a decision to follow you, God, and then continue to, to pursue you in our lives. God, That we, there's a celebration in heaven every time one person makes a decision to follow Jesus. Thank you, God. We give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome.